Hello and welcome to Solus Spiritus Sanctus, the Forgotten Sola podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Solus Spiritus Sanctus, the Forgotten Sola podcast. I'm your host, Josh Deals, and today we're going to be talking about the subject, Who is the Holy Ghost. There are many, many misconceptions about who and what the Spirit of God is in the church today. There is an identity crisis about the Spirit in the church. Some view the Holy Spirit as a mystical, ethereal force. Others understand him to be an impersonal power that God makes available to followers of Christ. And some within certain circles have even said that they view the Spirit as a sort of genie in a bottle. But what does the Bible say about the identity of the Holy Ghost? Simply put, the Bible declares that the Holy Spirit is God, just as much as God the Father and Jesus are God, so is the Holy Ghost. He's a being with a mind, emotions, and a will. And he shares attributes that only God has. He is is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is omnipresent, means he is everywhere all at once. He's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. His holiness, his absolute moral purity, His eternity, he always has existed. He is not bound by time, but exists outside of time. His immutability, he does not change. His aseity, or self-existence, he exists completely within himself with no need of anything, are a few of those attributes. And we are first introduced to this in the book of Genesis. In chapter 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, God the Holy Ghost, moved upon the face of the waters. Okay, we see here that the Spirit of God is actively involved with God the Father and Christ in the creation of the universe. He is also present and involved in the creation of man. When we, when we read the words, let us create man in our image and after our likeness, the us in that verse is the triune Godhead in action, creating and fashioning mankind in their image. This active role is throughout the Old Testament. We see the Spirit over and over as he comes and rests on prophets and kings, giving guidance and direction not only to those individuals, but to God's people as a whole through their ministry. He is manifested at the burning bush in Exodus. He rests on King David, and he comes upon the prophets. I'm reminded of the words of the prophet Isaiah when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And the difference between the Old Testament when the Spirit would just come upon someone and now 
is that the Spirit comes and indwells us and He remains. In the Old Testament, He would just come upon someone for a certain time or a certain task, and then He would leave. But when we come to the New Testament, we, we see the Spirit in an even more intimate role as the power of the highest in the incarnation. We see the angel announce to Mary that she, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow her and that the power of the highest is going to come upon her. And further on, we see him in one of his symbolic forms. There's a lot of symbology involved with the Holy Spirit. But we see him when John baptizes Jesus in the River Jordan. As Jesus comes up out of the water, the Bible says that the heavens opened and the Spirit in the form of a dove. He was not a literal dove, but he was in the form of a dove, comes down and rests upon Jesus. While the Bible says, talking about Christ, it says, in him dwelt all fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then, of course, we see another of his symbolic displays on the day of Pentecost. It's probably the most famous Holy Spirit-associated passage of Scripture in all the Bible is on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that they were all together in one accord in one place. And it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house wherein they were sitting. And it says that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it even says that the Spirit came and sat upon each of them. All of these are telling us one absolute truth, and that is the undeniable fact that the Holy Ghost is God. In the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, Peter goes to Ananias and he says, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but unto God. Peter, the Apostle Peter, identifies the Holy Ghost as being God. All right, he confronts Ananias as to why he lied to the Spirit and tells him that he has not lied to men, but that he lied to God. It is a clear declaration that the Holy Spirit is God. And we can also know that the Holy Spirit is God because he possesses the characteristics of God. As we said before, those divine attributes, um, his omnipresence, King David writes in Psalm 139 and says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. He is saying that the Spirit of God, he cannot get away from the presence of the Spirit of God because God is everywhere and in everything. The Bible says that in the Gospel of John, it says without him was not anything made that was made. All right, it's talking about Jesus and his active role as the creator, but we have, we've also seen that the Spirit of God had a role in that too. <clears throat> but 
We also see that the Spirit is a divine person because he possesses a mind, emotions, and a will. In 1 Corinthians 2.10, we, we see that the Spirit thinks and knows. All right, And then we see later on in Ephesians 4.30, we see that the Spirit of God can be grieved. And in Romans 8.26, one of my all-time favorite passages of Scripture, the Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For when we do not know how to pray as we need to, the Spirit himself intercedes for us. He prays through us with groanings that we cannot even utter. <clears throat> and he makes decisions according to 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. He makes decisions according to his will. He is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is not some impersonal force. Jesus said that he had to go away, but that he would not leave us comfortless, but that he would go to his Father and that he would send them another comforter, even the Spirit of truth, and that he would lead them and guide them into all truth. It is through and by the Spirit of God that we have a relationship with Christ. <clears throat> Without him, we would not have a relationship with Christ. Without the Spirit of God, without God the Holy Ghost, we would not even have a Bible. The Bible says that the men of old penned what they wrote. They wrote as they, they spoke, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It is so, so important that we have this foundational knowledge of truth about who the Spirit of God is. He is. I love what R.T. Kendall says in his book, Holy Fire. He says, to understand who the Holy Ghost is, we must first understand who he is not. And his very first thing he says, he says, the Holy Ghost is not an it. And that that the way of thinking of the Spirit as an it comes from us dropping God off of the phrase the Holy Ghost. All right, we don't say God the Holy Ghost. We just we we cut the God part off and just say the Holy Ghost. And that is where this idea that the Spirit is an it has was birthed. That's where it has came from. So I would encourage you, listener, to please put the God back in the Spirit. He is God. He is worthy of worship. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of glory. We find examples in the Bible of people that offered prayers to the Spirit of God, of people that worshiped the Spirit of God. And <clears throat> I know that seems contradictory, but he is God, and he is also, he is the only representation of the Godhead that is on earth today. God the Father and Jesus are in heaven right now. They are not walking around on earth, but the Spirit of God is here, and he is present, and he is all around us all the time. You cannot hide from him. You cannot do things in secret and expect them not to be known. He knows and guides and leads us in all paths of truth. And something that he does that people tend to forget 
is they will you will hear some crazy off the wall new teaching. Um, if someone if you if you're in a church and someone gets up to teach or to preach and says, "Oh, I have something new to share with you," you better put your listening ears on. You better pay close attention. Because some people, I myself, have used that phrase before because it was something new to me. It was something in the text of Scripture that I had never seen before, but it was not brand new. Where We operate as Christians from a completed revelation about who God is in the Bible. Um and that is why Jesus told his disciples, he said that the Spirit was going to come, the Comforter was going to come, and that he would guide us in all truth. Um, Something that the Spirit of God never does, God the Holy Ghost does not brag on himself. He always, always points us to Christ and to God the Father. He never brags on himself. And guys, this is just barely scratching the surface, like I said a minute ago. Now, there is no way anyone, there, there are hundreds and thousands, if not millions of books written about the Spirit of God. And there's no way anyone could ever expound fully who He is and how He works. It is too great for our minds to know and to comprehend. But what we can do is what we're doing now. We can discuss and examine what we've been given in God's Word. And by God's Word, we can evaluate and examine our personal experiences. You do not read the Bible through your experience. You read your experience through the Bible. A lot of people will have... Very, I, I would believe them that they have these experiences. I have no doubt. But it's whether or not those experiences are biblical. That's what we're going to look at later in future episodes. But I want to thank you for listening today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that you've learned something. Like I said, if you haven't already, look us up on Facebook at the Solus Spiritus Sanctus podcast Facebook page, um, or you can also email us at the Solus Spiritus podcast at gmail.com. <clears throat> we would love to hear from you. Um, any questions you may have, or you know, maybe you have something, maybe you have a question about the Spirit of God that you'd like to answer. I'll do my best to answer it. Um, so please reach out. Thank you for listening and God bless.